Welcome to Homer Collective. I'm Pat Ward. And I'm Taryn Mao. And today we're going to be talking about burnout. What it is, what it isn't, what you can do about it. If you're going through a long season of disengaging from things that you used to easily engage with, maybe this podcast is for you. So stick around. The problem with burnout, like a lot of clinical terms, is that its familiarity has sometimes led to this term really kind of being misused or overused, especially when it becomes such a trendy word. So burnout is actually a significant clinical condition that impacts a lot of people. Uh, It's not just having a bad day, a bad week, just you're working at a grueling project at work, uh, being sleep deprived, not wanting to go to work, that kind of thing, that dread we can sometimes feel or I'm just having an off day. It's much deeper than that. And all the same, some data actually suggests that more than half of U.S. workers have experienced burnout at least once in their lives. So it's super common. It's just we don't always talk about it in the appropriate way or use that term appropriately. And so according to Psychology Today, burnout is actually a state of emotional, mental, and then often physical exhaustion because our systems, mental, emotional, physical, are all connected, brought on by prolonged or repeated stress, that chronic stress over time. And though it's most often caused problems at work, it can also appear in other areas of our life. So in our relationships, like in parenting and caretaking and romantic relationships, we can also experience burnout. So those problems at work can lead to burnout that influence our other relationships and whether we're able to show up in other areas of our lives, but we can also experience burnout in our relationships too. And so we'll talk about those later and we'll focus mostly on professional burnout in this episode. So what causes burnout? Well, burnout is not just the result of working long hours or juggling many tasks, though those things play a role. Uh, The cynicism, depression, and lethargy that are characteristic of burnout most often occur when a person is not in control of how a job is carried out at work or at home or is asked to complete tasks that conflict with their sense of self. Equally pressing is working towards a goal that doesn't resonate or when a person is working hard and lacks support. Burnout is sometimes actually a good thing. It can be a good reminder to us that we are beings of infinite. We are not beings of infinite capacity. We are finite. We have limits and we need to respect them or they'll demand to be respected by forcing us to slow down and make some changes. When we don't recognize our limits, we can't practice establishing healthy boundaries. If you listen to this podcast before, you know that we take having healthy boundaries pretty seriously. And one of the reasons is among many is to avoid burnout. So beyond just the feeling of burning out, if a person is heading in that direction and they don't realign their responsibilities with their passion, eventually they're going to come to a point of just a breaking point. And so if they could just go ahead and face those outward symptoms associated with burnout too, then the mountain of mental and physical uh, health problems that often come along with it, including headaches, fatigue, heartburn, gastrointestinal issues, all of that is going to show up. That's going to kind of tell you, hey, something is going on right now, yeah. uh, as well as some of your behaviors of increasing your alcohol consumption. Maybe you, you start using drugs or using prescribed medication um, and abusing that or uh, m- misusing food. 
your body is going to tell you eventually if you're burning out or you're going to notice it in your behaviors if you're yeah. not aware of that on your end. Yeah. And there are other ways to, to tell if you're burned out. I, I have been there. I realized during a hard season of work several years ago that I was burned out when I realized I had washed the same dish standing at my sink six times in a row. Uh, it wasn't OCD that made me do that. I was just in la-la land while I was thinking for the thousandth time through a problem that I was working on. And I was just crispy around the edges. I was burned out. I was tired. I was tired of going to work. I was fussy at home. Uh, it was the first time that I realized that I had a problem when I was standing there at my sink. But after that, I started moving in a better direction. Some of the things we'll talk about in a few minutes, I started getting some rest and, and found a counselor to talk to and things started getting better after that. But the, it was in a soapy sink full of dishes that I first saw uh, the clearest sign that I was burned out. Yeah, so some other kind of an important signs you might want to pay attention to. Uh, the physical and mental exhaustion. Uh, we've listed kind of what that could look like. Uh, a sense of dread about work. So often it's not just the sense of dread, but it's the sense of dread with the physical and mental exhaustion, as well as some of these other things. So frequent feelings of having cynicism or anger or irritability, especially when you think about the thing that could be causing that. Uh, that burnout in you. Um, and then those in the helping profession, like doctors, may actually notice uh, having dwindling compassion toward those that they're caring for. So something we call ca compassion fatigue. And yeah. so even mental health care professionals over time, if they aren't experiencing or practicing having healthy boundaries or taking care of themselves, eventually we have, like we said, those limitations uh, we might start to notice that it actually changes how we practice and how we see the people that we're caring for. Yeah. Sometimes you can also begin to feel like you, you can't do your job effectively. And so you start making decisions and choices and pulling back from things that then make your job harder. So it can have a cyclical effect of it. Um, sometimes you may be considering a transition in your job or even just quitting your job without having another job lined up. And those can be signs at times that we're burning out. And that's actually not a bad thing um, that we would consider other options. And sometimes we find other options that can be good um, in a season of burnout. Uh, I, I, we just have to get past some of the guilt and, and shame that comes from considering that sometimes. Um, I work with a lot of people in the helping, helping professionals and ministry leaders. And in a season of burnout, they'll talk about looking at job listings like they're looking at porn. It's like this confession that they need to make. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there, there's something that feels, uh, feels bad about it, but it could actually be good for them long term. And, um, you know, burnout isn't always a bad or a counterproductive thing. Sometimes it's a signal that your interests have changed. Sometimes it can be a signal that your uh, work environment is toxic. Sometimes it may be that you are not able to do your job and should look for alternatives. Maybe all those things are true. Uh, a few years ago, I made a significant change in uh, my job and changed into a career that I love. Um, but it happened. I started considering it during a season of burnout. Uh, in a job that I had loved a few years earlier. And so I was thankful for a therapist who told me to listen to the burnout and not shame myself for it. Um, and when it was time to make a major change, I took a long time. It took almost two years to make sure it wasn't just burnout um, and to make sure that I was making a good, wise, proactive decision, not just one that was reactive. But I did start to see things differently in the midst of that pain. And sometimes that can be useful.
Yeah, and I think it's important to note too, Pat, that you took your time to make that decision because you were in a career that you loved, something you were passionate about. And I think that's where those feelings of guilt can sometimes come in as we can associate our sense of self or our identity so much with what we do that when we stop feeling passionate about that work, somehow I feel like I'm losing a sense of myself in that. And so we have to kind of take our time to sort through that mix of emotions that, that come up and the burnout that we experience to sort through, okay, what is the best thing for me to do right now? Yeah. What do I really need? It's actually important to differentiate burnout from stress. So by definition, burnout is an extended period of stress, the so stress on the body from the stressors we have in our lives. And it can feel as though it cannot be alleviated. It's that chronic stress that we experience and that the body has to uh, sustain and endure. So if if stress is short-lived or tied to a specific goal, it's natural. It's most likely not harmful. We work through it. We move on. But if that stress feels like it's never ending and comes with feelings of emptiness, apathy, hopelessness, it might actually be indicative of burnout. And so actually these feelings of hopelessness, um, even feeling stuck or trapped, Actually, we would describe the, those same feel, same feelings um, similarly to how we would experience trauma, like yeah. small traumas that we experience to go through something chronically over time. And so there's, there's not a lot of difference there when we actually talk about burnout. Uh, we can also employ some really proactive, healthy coping habits, though, and, that we've talked about earlier in this podcast. So caring for our, our core systems building healthier relationships, taking time for rest, recreation, all of that to keep that natural stress um, of a good job from having burnout on us at our, at our work, at our job. And so in in order to make sure we're not actually burning out, we have to kind of go back to some of those core systems work that we talked about before. So what do I do if I'm burned out to counter burnout? First, having a sense of purpose, having an impact on others, or feeling as if one is making a world a better place are all valuable. Sometimes we have to realign ourselves with that kind of work or look for ways that we are having that kind of impact. Often meaningfulness can counteract the negative aspects of a job. And other motivators include looking for areas of autonomy, so controlling things that we can control, as well as a good, hard challenge. It may also be helpful in a big picture to draw up some new boundaries at work. When you have too many conflicting responsibilities, simply saying no to a new task is an important but a challenging way to reduce your workload. Sometimes that's not an option, but if it is, then be willing to say no uh, instead of just saying yes for some silly reason. Um, But be willing to say no. Schedule regular breaks, starting and stopping at set times, and minimizing multitasking can all help maintain boundaries and reduce feelings of burnout. And sometimes it's just an issue of work-life balance. So speaking about boundaries, we need boundaries when it comes to our work-life balance as well. And if that's the case, maybe we adjust your work hours or your location. Um, Maybe you're uh, telecommuting. This has been something that we've been doing kind of more of since the pandemic. Um, It can all help significantly. Uh, Outsourcing, sharing responsibilities when possible. We need to set those clear boundaries between work and life. Not checking email during off hours, for instance, uh, practicing more self-care, allowing adequate downtime. Uh, Those are all really useful strategies. And so 
coming out of the pandemic, I think that's one kind of healthier, beneficial thing most of us learned is that there are ways to consider what we need to think about our boundaries, to think about how do I transition from work life to home life. For those of you who worked at home during the pandemic, that probably was, there was a transition period of struggling through that, of figuring out if I'm just leaving, I'm not getting in the car to drive from my office to my home, right? But I'm just leaving a room and going from one room to the next room. What does it actually look like to prepare myself to be ready to be home with my family or not think about work? Sometimes we actually have to practice certain routines or rituals to help us get in the right mindset or headspace to be able to do that. So uh, for us, I think that's really important to be able to consider. And even as things return to normal, we have to keep an eye on the separation between the two of life and work and make practical technological adjustments to keep work and life in a healthy balance. Yep. Self-care can also be an essential part uh, of the fight against burnout, though that looks different for everyone. Common strategies may include yoga or mindful meditation, massage, exercise, dietary changes, or practicing self-compassion, just adjusting the way that we talk to ourselves, talk about ourselves and talk about our work. Um, We did a whole episode about self-talk that could be helpful as well. Allow yourself some time uh, to think about how you're feeling and then do something about it. This is especially helpful if you're right now in a season of of burnout Um, before the, the episode's over and you go back to whatever you were doing. Think of some ways that you can care for your needs and, uh, and care for yourself. Yeah. And beyond just work, Jobs aren't the only source of the chronic stress that can cause burnout. So parents, partners, non-professional caregivers can also experience endless exhaustion, feel overwhelmed by their responsibilities, or even secretly believe that they've failed at their role. Especially when you do that for a long time, we feel like we are less and less capable of being able to do some of those things that we feel like we need to be doing. So these forms of burnout are referred to as parental burnout, relationship burnout, and caregiver burnout. And I think it's important to consider that we could be burnout at work and burnout at home in some ways, depending right. on what our lives look like. That's right. Even though it's less well-known than career burnout and professional burnout, stereotypes and stigma, particularly related to parenting and caregiving, can make suffering those suffering from non-work-related burnout feel as if they are to blame for the challenges, that they have some kind of a lack of love or a lack of strength in them. Uh, as a result, unfortunately, they often hide their struggles from other people. Uh, but the idea that bad parents, only bad parents get burned out is a myth, and it's a harmful myth. Parenting is deeply rewarding for many, but it's also demanding and challenging, and parents must balance work schedules, outside responsibilities, their own well-being, and potentially a child's special needs, in many cases, without adequate support. Yeah, and so uh, I think it's important to consider, too, what comes up for us when we think about asking for help. And so uh, signs of persistent fatigue, frequent crying spells, feelings of helplessness, anger, frustration, a lack of compassion toward the person you're caring for. If those are all things that you're experiencing, it might actually be time to stop and ask for help or even consider hiring help. And I think when we 
we think of that, some feelings of guilt can come up. There can be these expectations or beliefs that we should be the one caring for this person, especially if it's someone we really care about. But we have to, once again, be able to recognize our own limits and know that our capacity is not infinite. We have limitations. And so sometimes we need to, to be able to ask for help and know that that can provide us with a lot of relief. And then that way, when I do show up, I'm not experiencing that compassion fatigue that I could be experiencing and I can be more present with the person I'm caring for. Sure. Burnout in any form can have severe consequences if left untreated. It takes the joy out of life, but it also can put us in seasons of depression or other um, places of being stuck mentally and emotionally. Sometimes burnout can even cloud our judgment and lead us to making bad permanent decisions about our career or other relationships discussing it openly, even, uh, either with a spouse, a family member, friends, or a therapist is often the first step to addressing its symptoms and getting the help that we need and avoiding these negative outcomes. So you may be asking, how do I help someone I love who's going through burnout? Uh, it can be really painful to watch a loved one in the struggle. Or we can uh, often misread it as something wrong in our relationship or maybe something that we're not doing right. But um, it's important for us to see the signs of burnout in somebody else because it's, it's rarely possible for us to see the root of the cause or even to address the root ourselves as a spouse or as someone who is a, who is a friend or just in a relationship with somebody who's burned out. So instead of, of, of trying to get in and control it and fix it, it's important for us to practice empathic listening, encouraging self-care, offering help with tasks that are outside of work. Sometimes that can be one of the most effective ways to provide support. Uh, you may also want to encourage a loved one to see a professional counselor who can help them make a plan for rest, readjustment, and re-engagement. Yeah, and ultimately it's about expressing that care and concern for the person that you're thinking of. And so rather than focusing on ways that you can get in there and try to fix or help, uh, maybe it's, it's just extending some empathy. The situation is really challenging. Right. And um, offering up that listening ear that you're talking about, Pat. So thanks for listening today. If you're in a season of burnout currently, or if you have a loved one who is showing the signs that we just discussed, we hope that you found this to be helpful. And burnout, like depression, can feel daunting, unchangeable, and, and somehow permanent. And our aim here has been to give you some hope in knowing that you aren't alone and that there are plenty of things you can control, even in a season that feels out of your control. So if your burnout symptoms persist or if they're impacting other major systems in your life, your family, your faith, your belief system, your friends, your physical health, make sure you reach out to a counselor for help. Uh, there are a lot of counselors out there who want to help you ask some healthy important questions when considering your life and the way you want it to look. If you want to connect with us more, you can check us out at patwardcounseling.com or taryncooper.com. That's Taryn with a Y. Thanks for listening today. Take care.